It seems like everybody's starting to build these online businesses all on their own and they just basically go super successful overnight. You hear these buzzwords like automation, AI, delegation, scaling, all of these things and you're just like, oh my gosh, these people are making tons of money and clearly have something figured out that I don't. In this episode with my good buddy Suleiman, we are talking about the unscalable things that actually do build a business that not only gives you some money in the short term, but is something that you can be proud of that is sustainable and will keep you going for a long time moving forward. This guy, he knows all about client acquisition and appointment setting and more. So we dive into all sorts of things from the mentality and then the technical tactics behind building great solo business. I'm gonna leave it at that. This is a long conversation, so feel free to put it on two times speed. You're not gonna hurt my feelings. I want you to be able to enjoy this episode in the way that's best for you. And with that, don't forget to hit the like button because you do hold the key to the growth of this channel and I deeply appreciate it. And so with that, let's roll the tapes. But yeah, man, I appreciate you yep. taking time to just like, just chat. It's kind of something new that I've been trying to do more. Like we were talking in the DMs on X, just kind of getting to know each other a little bit. For some reason, I, for the longest time, I like wouldn't let myself like start conversations with other people that were out there like trying to build their own solo business and do their thing. And I think it was just because probably like an imposter thing, like I didn't want to sound stupid or like, you know, I'm trying to like learn, but I don't want to like share my weaknesses to the competition. But like I've had to, that's not how I feel like in my heart, my brain doesn't really work that way as far as like the whole like dog eat dog, like only one winner. It's like, I think there's plenty of room for everybody to crush. But once you start having these conversations, it's like, it's really gratifying in a lot of different ways. And you can start to like really build off of each other and just kind of like share ideas. And obviously friendships are made, you know, and they can happen really quickly. So yeah, that's why I wanted to just like maybe jump into a call like this and kind of chat on this level and just kind of see what comes out of yeah. it. And, and of course it's like, hell, well, might as well just hit record. And if there's something interesting that comes out of it, because it's just like, in my head, it's like one of those things, like if we're talking between you and I, things that are interesting to us, that's just a sign that like if two people are interested in it, there's 10,000 mm. plus other people that would probably have enjoyed being in that conversation and enjoy like just the topic. So I'm like, hey, why don't we just like yeah. have our cake and eat it too? Yeah. So thanks for taking some time, man. It's, it's like no problem. I so much to say on like everything you just said. <laughs> so I'll, I'll start from the beginning. Good. And I could go on monologues forever. So I apologize. Yeah. I'll try, I'll try to be more <laughs> yeah, conversational. Yeah, man, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Funny you mentioned that actually, because you're the first person in quite a while now that I've DM'd without the intention of like signing you as a client. Um, nice. I used to do it quite a lot more like in the beginning of my Twitter journey, you know, now X, of course. Yeah, it's just something I stop over time. You know, I'm not sure if you've had a similar experience on other platforms. I know in, you're on YouTube, so I'm guessing you're like somewhat new to the whole like, you know, DMing people, connecting and things. But that is yeah. very much like X culture or Twitter culture, you know. Yeah. But it's like one of those things that are actually really important to do when like, as I say, sometimes like real life stuff starts to happen. It's kind of something you forget about, you know. although. I do say often that the most valuable thing that I've gotten from being on Twitter and like creating content and all this stuff has been the relationships that I've formed. But like 
it's something that I neglect the most. So it's like kind of hypocritical, but yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things. Well, and it takes up a lot of time too. I mean, it's like once you're like moving and shaking, especially if you've got like client calls or you need time for deep work, like to just be like, hey man, let's hop on a call. Because like we've both gotten those DMs from other people probably before. I mean, I know I have and you almost kind of have to suss it out like in a sense and be like, all right, well, is it worth my time? But then at the same time, it's like, shame on me for like assuming that it wouldn't be worth my time and having to decide whether that assumption is true or not. But yeah, like it's back to being a solo dude, like running a business, you Mm -hmm. kind of are handling everything for yourself in a lot of ways. So it's like, how do you balance the networking time? And you could network through an actual call like this and like the value is there for sure, or at least the potential for it is high. But then you could also network through just like hitting like replies on different posts and like just Mm. involving yourself like on different forums, different platforms. So it's like, how do you know which way is the best way to go? And I think it's, I think it's dependent on like what your goals are in the, like in the short term of like, and what time you have, because it's just, it's kind of like a, it's that time budget, just like everybody has their financial limitations and a financial budget. Like you, we have that time budget as well. And it's really hard. Like, for instance, for me, like this is something that I'm highly prioritizing, something that I've been saying a lot to myself. And I was talking to my business coach about this. I've always been like ever since I started doing solo work and running my own little digital operation as an email freelancer, email marketing freelancer back in 2019 is when I started that in 2020, I jumped full time. But like everything has always been like, okay. I'm going to chase a dream. I'm going to build a digital business. I'm going to chase autonomy. I'm going to get it. Like I'm going to do things that high leverage things like I said it once, like building a course, you sell, you, you build the course, you host it, you get it out there, you market it and it just continues to go. Like you don't have to recreate it or reproduce it for each sale. Right. And so my whole mentality was all around like, okay, efficiency, optimization, automations, delegation, all of those mm. things. And we see that content about how important that all is. And it, it is true. But in focusing on that, I was really running from the thing I was most nervous to do. And that was real connections like this. And what I found is that as soon as I dipped my toe in the water of real conversations like this, everything's kind of started to click for me. And so now my mantra for myself, like my personal mantra is doing the unscalable. Like do the unscalable mm. stuff, like have the real conversation. Yeah. And of course there's, there's rules to it. You know, I can't just like in all things do the unscalable, you know, like I'm still leveraging tech and things like that to help me accomplish as much as I can any given day, any given week. But when it comes to like people, whether it's talking to other professionals, talking to leads or current customers, whatever it may be is like, Take the time to build the rapport, build the relationship, and you'll be able to figure out pretty quickly whether it's a solid connection, whether it's mutual professionals or from a service provider to the client themselves and vice versa. That's kind of been something that I've been big on lately is, yeah, just do the unscalable. It's kind of my own little personal thing. And so far, it's good. Yeah. (laughs) It seems to work. Yeah. I'm not sure if you know who Kieran Drew is. Yeah. He oftentimes speaks about it. It's this is actually like a question for you in a way. I'd be interested in hearing what you think about this. What you said about like doing 
scalable things versus doing things that are scalable. There's like a balance you should have between the two, right? Mm. And it's like the same thing with what I talked about with the whole working thing. And I guess you could say the other thing would be like the other like primary business drivers or like writing content, doing the things that you would want to do other than going on calls like this, for example. So oftentimes I've noticed with myself and like the networking versus other business tasks, at least sometimes networking, like building connections and stuff like that, just making friendships will oftentimes lead to me getting clients or like, you know, growing my business and all that stuff. It's not something that you would think directly contributes towards it. And it's something where you need to find that balance, you know, doing both in order to actually move towards that one goal. So with you and the like doing scalable things versus doing uncable things, how do you know how to find that balance? And how uh, do you think you so that types of things in general, you know, because it is something that, you know, if you are on a coaching call, for example, it's something you would tell your coaching client because it's like, it is good advice. It's the type of advice that you would often neglect yourself, you know? Yeah. Just like how to determine like when to do the unscalable versus when yeah. is it, should it be your primary goal to like focus on maximum output efficiency and just leveraging tech or things that we can to help us get more done in less time. Right. That's kind of what you were. Yeah. That's kind of what you were going back and forth on. Do you have like any thoughts in mind on how you kind of discern between the two? Cause it is a hard thing to figure out. And I think that's what a lot mm. of, especially solo business operators. And I always come from that perspective cause that's my target audience and that's who I am. So I'm always looking at it from that lens. So, but yeah. I think it goes beyond that too. Like, it's just hard because you have everything. It's like, it's all on you. Make or break. That's true. How, That's true. how do you figure that out? I think it is a really complex answer in a way mm-hmm. because it does depend quite a lot on them and their specific situation. If it's just, okay, I'll use like an example for myself, right? And like yeah. client acquisition thing. So Two examples you could get for something that's more scalable and something that's more unscalable is content as a scalable thing, like creating sales assets, for example, something like that, you know, like a landing page, email sequence, some kind of Google Doc invite. Right. And then unscalable thing would be things like DM outreach. So I think, especially in my experience so far, you would often, it would depend on your goals, basically, whatever your goal is at the time. And I don't know where to go with this, but it's like, you have to think about the short term and the long term, right? Because oftentimes the unscalable things could be more beneficial for the short term. So if I wanted to land a client as soon as possible, I would probably do outreach, right? Because that's like the thing that has the most short term benefit in a way. Content could work if you're good enough at it, but it's more like a long term play. So depending on that, depending on your situation, I think that the more long-term things you could do, like unscalable things that maybe don't get results immediately in the short term, the better for the long term. But at the same time, you could also balance that with more unscalable things, let's say, or more short-term things. I'm not exactly sure how to break those two apart, you know, how to separate it. Yeah. Because well, they all good. yeah, they all flow into each other in a way. Like they do. it's like the unscalable things kind of work in the long term and the short term but you know same goes the other way as well so it's like i right yeah i honestly don't know that's why i asked well, you about it 
No, I think you have some really good thoughts in there. And, and it, it does come down to like what your goals are. And like you said, like if you need cash, like if you're jumping into business and you put yourself kind of like up against the wall a little bit, like in a pressure cooker situation of like, all right, I'm going to force myself here. This is how much runway I have. I've got to get that first mm. client. I've got to get that first sale. Like, yeah, like the DMs or even if you do have some budget, you could even the other side of content would be to put a budget behind it. So now you're, instead of organic content, you're looking at paid media. And so, but again, it still takes skills no matter which vehicle, which, which lane you're going down. But what I think is interesting too, a thought I had while you were saying that is like, like for me, I've chose to really hang my hat on organic content because it fuels so many other things. For instance, now that we've had some conversation, built some rapport, and we'll continue to like be virtual buddies here in this in these circles that we're involved both involved in, when I show up potentially, without trying to sound arrogant, when I show up potentially in your feed now with a short form video or a post, you can kind of hear my voice on it, especially if it's just a text post. Like you can hear like, oh yeah, that's that's totally something Evan would say or whatever. And it would be easier mm. for me to follow up as kind of like a touch point with you. And then everybody else that I've had an unscalable conversation with potentially over time, infinity into the future, as long as I'm still putting out content that happens to hit your feed, you know? So, and in that yeah. kind of way, that helps with professional relationships because it's just like, you know, you just, we all have those friends. Well, I hope everybody has these kind of friends in their life where it's like you cannot see each other for a while and then you're able to pick up pretty quick because you've built so much. It's just, yeah, there's such a deep bond there and a mutual understanding and support and love and care and respect, but going both ways. And so that's kind of how I see the organic content piecing in. And so for me, what I was finding was that if I'm doing organic content and that's the thing I'm like just pushing all my chips across the table on, it has all of these massive upsides. But something key that you said was the difference between short-term benefits and long-term benefits. You know, so like if I'm playing this like long-term benefit game, but I have short-term needs, well, can I, how am I going yeah. to get there? You know, it's like- yeah trying to think of an analogy because I'm like an analogy guy. I've almost got this like visualization of like you're climbing up the mountain. Say, okay, how, let's try this. Let's see if this works. Tell me if this makes sense. <laughs> so say you're like going on an expedition, you're climbing like a, a big freaking mountain and it's like it gets cold up top and but you can only take so much with you and you know that last stretch of mountain that needs to be climbed, like you're going to need some winter gear. You're going to need certain provisions that you won't need until you get to that back, like the back 10% or the last 10% of that climb, right? And so you mm. think about that and you're like, okay, I need to pack this stuff. But if you go so far as to pack all of the perfect things that are going to help you when you get up there, but now you have no room for the food that's going to fuel you, the water that's going to quench your thirst between now and that hard spot, are you going to get to the top of the mountain? Are you going to reach the goal that you've set out on? Yeah, And it's hard yeah. to say what the answer is, but you can kind of see like, yeah, you're probably not going to make it. And I think a lot of businesses, people that just choose to, whether they're burnt out on corporate work or they had a couple crappy bosses 
or whatever their story is, if they feel compelled to jump into business, we see so many people giving up and throwing in the towel and going back to something that's a little bit more predictable. And in some degree, there's like, there's merit to that. Like for me, like I have two little kids and a wife and a dog and a mortgage and, you know, all of these things. Like sometimes yeah. you have to do what you have to do. And so if that means I need to go work at a drive through or whatever it is, then I have to do that. Like that's more important than building my business. Like <laughs> being there as a provider for my family, for the people that rely on me is the most important thing. So I get it. And once again, it's a balance. And I think it just kind of goes into the bigger understanding that life is a perfect example, good, bad, and ugly of what business is like, especially when you're working for yourself and you're wearing pretty much all the hats. And what I mean by that is like what you like the principles and philosophies of life that make for a good life are the exact things that work in business as well. So if you focus on yeah. just understanding the fundamentals of what makes a good life, you're absorbing fundamentals that make for a killer business. If you so choose to pursue that path and look at that mountain and say, that's the one that I want to climb. And so I think, yeah, it's a hard way to answer of like, when is it right to do the unscalable? As you had mentioned, I think the big thing is just understanding the principle of balance. That's a life principle that translates over to business. And there are going to be days when you feel like you've perfectly like sectioned off. Okay. I did some content stuff. Okay. I did some DMs. Okay. I did some product development. Okay. I did some client work, you know, and I got over to the gym and I got a pretty good lift in. And you're like, okay. Yeah. Like I'm crushing it. Like this is a good day. You know, let's get them all like this. And then the very next day, you have a, you have an email in your inbox that you didn't want to get from a client and they're either bailing on you or they're grilling you with questions that are just really hard for you to answer. And there's just a lot of friction up ahead. You could feel it. And then, you know, you need to go make some solid like authority based posts on X to continue with your daily regimen over there. But you're in your head a little bit because of that email that's sitting in your inbox. You know, and yeah. then you're like, well, who the hell am I to say any of this? Cause I don't even know. Like this person's pissed at me and I'm over here talking about how I'm great at it. You know, and then all of a sudden it's just like, but yesterday you were cruising. Like yesterday you were yeah. the king of the world. Like you were the top. You're at the top. So it goes back to balance and also not letting your emotions like get the best of you, <laughs> which is really hard mm -hmm. for everybody. But again, we're all human. So we can all like, if we're honest with ourselves and each other, like we know what that feels like. We've all been there, done that. But that's something yeah. that's like been big for me is like, and I don't have it figured out by any stretch. I'm just speaking on it as I look at it from a higher level. But like in my day to day, like last week was trash for me, like in five different ways. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And then I was like in my head, like, oh, I need to, it's because my product sucks. Or like my offer's not very clear. Maybe it's just, maybe I need to pivot and start a different angle on like the service that I want to provide. And all of a sudden, like my brain, I'm just like, all right, scrap it all. We're starting over, pull down the website. I'm going to stay up for three <laughs> days and we're going to figure it out. And it's like, you know, all you needed to do is change the copy above the fold on your website. Like you just needed to add one more like clear objective and you're yeah. back in the races. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. Do you deal with that? Like, how do you keep yourself? Cause you seem like a pretty level dude. It seems like 
you know, obviously the good, bad, the uglies, all of the things that we face in our solopreneur journeys, you seem like you have a character quality of being able to not let the highs get in your head and make you feel like you're bigger and badder than you are and not let the lows like make you hyper depressed and like, you know, you stay in mm-hmm. bed for a week. Like you seem like you're pretty level headed about that kind of stuff. Do you have like, and maybe I'm wrong, but it, that's my assumption. That's my impression here. Yeah. Like how do you stay level? Like how do you reckon with the craziness that comes in from the day to day of just business in general? Interesting observation <laughs> that you mentioned. It's <laughs> the first time I hear that. Nobody's ever told you you're level headed? In different ways. Okay. Yep. Not related to like business specifically, but okay. yeah, interesting. I hopefully I didn't offend you. <laughs> no, it's a compliment. Not. It was a compliment. Yeah, yeah, I do appreciate it. I'm honestly not sure. I think I handle it somewhat decently, especially for my age compared to what I've seen. There have definitely been highs that have affected me negatively, and some lows that have affected me negatively. And two examples I could give. Or a high would be when I got some momentum on Twitter and I was like, I was doing pretty well. You know, business was booming. Followers, same thing as well. And because of that, I stopped doing the things that initially got me to that point. You know, the whole like making connections with other people, responding to comments, things like um, that, like um, continuously learning, you know, trying to hone my craft and all that. I was like, you know, in my mind, of course, I didn't this but like it was like because i got some results and i got like pretty good results at the time i just thought i knew enough you know and like i was doing enough or like i could start cruising now because i have this momentum and all that and that was one way that kind of affected me and then like with the bad i had this thing i was actually speaking to a friend about this quite recently yeah i was i had an offer right where i would basically People that were doing relatively well in business just get more clients and speed up their process of doing so, make it more efficient and all that. Use things like sales assets, like funnels, all that kind of like a different mechanism to get clients. And because of that, a lot of people that I went on calls with, for example, were doing better than me or like they were making more money than me one way or another, right? So I started kind of having self-esteem issues for the first time in my life. And I remember like while telling my friend this, I sent him a voice note telling him about all this stuff because he kind of diagnosed me with it in a way. And I was like, you're 100% right about that. Like I am doubting myself. And then afterwards, I, I sent him another voice note and I was like, you know, it sounds so, it's feels so weird for me to like be telling you all this stuff because I've never been somebody that doubted myself in any way. But it was like, because of so many, let's say like rejections on sales calls or like because of me losing momentum on Twitter because I took like a month and a half break from like posting earlier mm-hmm. this year and then like in, came back engagement is down because of like Elon Musk taking over on yeah. top of that I also haven't been posting so that makes it even worse right, right. <laughs> all of these <laughs> things stacked on top of each other I think the biggest thing would have helped me at the highs and that has helped me now at the lows has just been kind of having things that remind you of like objectively where you are at the moment in a way and i i use the word objectively kind of sparingly but, you know it's kind of hard to be objective sometimes yeah but you know having sure. things like proof you know like i remember one of the times i started like believing in myself a bit more after getting back to like starting the business and all that stuff 
was when I was making my landing page and I had to like, you know, all my testimonials and case studies there and reading back at it, I was like, I'm actually kind of good at what I do, you know, yeah. <laughs> which I haven't thought in quite a while up until that point. Or like if, for example, with the, the whole thing where I had momentum on Twitter and all that stuff, I think something that could have helped me avoid that was just having something that reminded me that I should keep going because that has been a big problem in my life in general where I just, I know things, but I forget about it eventually. And then because I forget about it, I stop doing it. And then, mm. you know, it's like this whole cycle of you come across the advice again, you're like, oh yeah, that's what I've been doing wrong. You yeah. do it for a while, you forget about it again. <laughs> that's been my whole life story. But yeah, yeah, what was your initial question again? I feel like I went on so many tangents no, there. No, I think you had some really good insight there. I was just kind of asking, like, how do you keep yourself level? Like, yeah. how do you rise up from the ashes when you feel like a pile of shit? And how do you keep yourself humbled when you feel unstoppable? Was I was mm. curious kind of how you navigate that. And I think you had some good feedback, some good insight on that. And yeah, I mean, the whole like reminding yourself of your why, I guess you could call it, is really important. And I think that becomes the North Star. It doesn't necessarily like having a perp, like a reason for why you're doing what you're doing. It's like, obviously, like we're wired. We need to have some sort of as people especially as men. I mean, I think the same is true for women, but just like in society today and kind of what typically has traditionally been the male's role, like as like the hunter, the guy that goes out and like brings something back to the tribe, like all of that stuff. There's a deep sense of purpose in that mission. And when you have a purpose, I think purpose precedes fulfillment. I think there's a lot of people that feel really aimless and they're like, I don't know which way is up. I don't know what I want to do. I'm sad. I'm depressed. And a lot of it is, I think each situation needs to be navigated uniquely among it, like one by one. So this isn't like blanket advice, but the way that I see it is like, if you're feeling that way, even if you are within your business and you once felt a purpose, you need to reconnect to what that purpose is. And I think you mm. find purpose by digging within and discovering what excites you? What do you, what would you take a bullet for? And like, like what would you go kill if it was in between you and the thing that you believe should exist or should be done? Or like, what's the stuff that excites you and the stuff that infuriates you? You know what I mean? And I think mm. looking through that, you can start to put some wheels on the internal conversation or even dialogue with somebody that you love and trust of like, how you can go about executing on that, whether it's making something that sucks in the world better or improving upon something that's good but could be better and in your own unique way. And I think when you do that and you start to kind of think through that, now you're starting to align yourself of where you're at to what you could call your purpose. And I don't think that any person has like one specific singular only purpose. I think depending on which lane of your life you're talking about, there's different things. Because we're dynamic beings. It's not like, you yeah. know, it's not black and white. It's not this or that. It's both and all the time, every time. Business, life, it's all true. But when you have that purpose and you can tap into that, then on the pursuit of fulfilling that and trying to reach what you're trying to accomplish, there's a sense of fulfillment that comes from it. And once mm. you start to feel that fulfillment, it creates this flywheel. 
in a sense, and it kind of drives you more. But what I think happens to a lot of people is once they start to get a bite of success, whether it's just in Twitter followers or X followers, or you have a YouTube video that pops off and is getting the most, you know, average view duration. And you're like, okay, I was really able to like hold people's attention on this one. You're like, I cracked the code. I'm Mr. Beast now. Like, I just got to go make the rest of the videos. I just haven't done that, but I cracked the code. You know, like it's, I think a huge practice for all of us is trying to keep ourselves humbled and hungry in those moments, but not at the expense of celebrating the little wins. I think sometimes I'm just kind of, I'm having the thought and I'm just speaking it out loud. So I'm just brainstorming here. I don't know that I've, I think I subscribe to this idea, but like practicing, like celebrating the little wins, I think also perfectly dovetails into the conversation of gratitude and just a state of thankfulness. Because if you practice that, which I suck at it, you know, and I think a lot of us, if we're really honest, we could practice, be practicing it way more than we do. So that's why I try not to like make my status update like, oh, I did my morning meditation. I did my (laughs) gratitude in my journal. You know, it's just because like, yeah, I just, there's always room for improvement in that area. But I think if you can just start to, for all of us, work on a state of thankfulness in the things that we have, it just continues to put back into perspective, like how cool the opportunity is. Like, dude, if this was even 15 years ago, you wouldn't, you and I wouldn't have been able to do this. Like we could have kind of in a sense, but like video conferencing, it was around, but it was because of COVID and the necessity of it because everybody was remote that finally the technology was coming up and it was accessible and like overall understood by people on the masses. You think about like, even now, like grandparents know how to text 10 years ago, five years ago, they didn't know how to text. And like, and it's just because became more universally adopted and understood. And it's like, no, texting's not challenging. It's just this other square icon you hit on your phone. And then they're like, well, what kind of phone is it? And it's like, no, it needs to be a smartphone, not a flip phone. But now that's not a conversation either because pretty much everybody has. (laughs) So I don't know how I'm getting down that trail, but you know, it's just, I think if we can practice being, reminding ourselves of how awesome we have it in our own ways, even if things are crappy, like there's still a million plus people that have it worse. And for me to be pissed off that my ex following is growing at a snail's pace or, you know, whatever it may be, I recorded a podcast and the file was corrupted or whatever it may be. It's like, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Like, what about tomorrow? Nice life problems. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, and something that helps me with that is also just having other conversations with people too. And, I think it goes back to that, like being in dialogue. We're just community-based people, like creatures. That's just how we are as humans. And the easiest way to get out of your own head is to hear what's going on in somebody else's. Yeah. I don't know. I 100% agree with that. That's what I think. (laughs) There was something else you mentioned as well. Oh, with the, the whole problems thing as well, as well as what you just recently said. It's For me, at least, it's honestly just been perspective like just being able to kind of shift that at any given time. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times that require you to just take a step back from everything you're doing, like literally and metaphorically, like Mm -hmm. zooming out and looking at the big picture in a way. Mm -hmm. And just thinking of like, like, is this problem? Like the fact that like my internet connection is slow right now, 
going to be like a problem that I'm going to think about a week from now, right. you know, because um, yeah. it's so easy to get trapped or like stuck or yeah, sucked into like these small problems that we have because we're so close to it in a way, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I but do. If you can just, like you mentioned as well, remind yourself why you're doing something in the first place, it, often, it oftentimes solves it people for myself at least that has been the case and they are there's have been a lot of moments of realization for me in the middle of doing something where let's say like the whole okay yeah yeah this is something that's kind of relevant to me recently right now so one of the biggest reasons why i wanted to start a business in the first place was because i wanted freedom essentially like i wanted all of the things that came with a business not just being able to say I have a business, you know? Yeah. And I realized that at some point last year when I was doing done for you work, like, you know, I was doing like funnels and ghostwriting appointment settings and all that stuff. Halfway doing it, I thought to myself, like, I started this because I wanted to do a business, but I feel like I have another job now. Like, you know, do client work. They kind of feel like my boss and all that. And I just did not. And I thought to myself that if I never took a step back from what I was doing at the time, because you always have these new problems that you have to solve, right? You're like s- sitting around one day and then like websites broken, do that, you know, maybe need to get a new platform, rebuild the entire website, do that. Some other problem comes up after that. Mm-hmm. And it's like constantly getting bom- bombarded with things that just distract you. What like the main overarching reason is that you're doing something in the first place. If I never did that in a weird way, like, and it is, again, it's also like, kind of a nice problem to have like it's not something that's absolutely horrible but i could have went down that path for so long without realizing that this isn't even why i started doing this in the first place yeah and i've had a bunch of realizations like that and things that literally like thinking of it if i just kept it up for a few years even though it was like deemed good by most people by most of society it would have actually ruined my life that sounds kind of like over exaggerating but it's not really because you realize afterwards that you lived your entire life doing something that was kind of against your own values because it seemed like the right thing to do in the short yeah that's key man that's key and you see that man there's a couple different things i want to expand on i almost need to be taking notes or something you were talking about something that's like really struck me because it's exactly what I was feeling. And truthfully, I still am trying to sort myself out with it. And that is, for me, it's been this transition of freelancing into like a creator route, I guess you could say, just using terms that people understand. But when you were talking about like, hey, you know, I got into working for myself for freedom, for all of the different goals that you had, but it was all really around autonomy and being in charge of your life, your future, all of it that's that's within that. And you said that you got you started doing all this done for you work and it just felt like you stacked up multiple bosses. And that's something that I have also been feeling. And that was one thing. And I was talking to my business coach almost a year ago now, or actually a little bit past that. And I was just like, I like for the most part, I like the people that I'm working with overall. And we have a good and I've got a nice retainer payment set up, you know, monthly recurring revenue is there. It's predictable. It lets me, my family and all of this stuff, like it's all good. It's taking me away from building something for myself because I don't have the time or the energy after I do my client work 
to focus on my brand. And, you know, so I did my best to just start putting up some organic content. And that's a whole story in and of itself because I was not very good at it. And I came, I approached it kind of from the wrong angle on accident and learned the hard way. But I like, how did you, what was your transition from that? So, cause you were doing done for you stuff. And then what was it that you changed within the value you were providing or the service or product that you were giving? Like, what was that transition? Are you fully through that transition? Is it still a process for you? What insight do you have kind of on all of that? just in general, I suppose. Yeah. So for me, I was doing this weird mix of like funnels is what I initially started off with. So, you know, creating a landing page and an email sequence for someone essentially. Mm -hmm. And through experience, I kind of realized that the more control I could have over the entire sales process, the better it is for me and my client from a results standpoint, at least. And so eventually I added on ghostwriting and appointment setting on top of that. And I never did all three for one client before, but I used to do like maybe two. So like maybe I had one client where I was doing ghostwriting for, and then, you know, you get them followers, so you might as well DM them and try and book calls for them as well. So that was kind of what I was doing for the longest time. And I worked all day. I can't even tell. I used to wait. There was a time I used to wake up at 5 a.m. and I would stop working at like maybe six, seven o'clock the night. And of yeah. course there's breaks in between, you know, you work out, you things like that. But like other than that, I had no social life. <laughs> just never stops. <laughs> even there's always something. Yeah. 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 Even spending time with family and stuff like that, which you know, I've always said for like the last two years or so now, relationships has always been my number one value, but even that like back burner. Yep. So eventually after working with a few people, I got like pretty good results for one client specifically, and I already built my Twitter audience up to like a couple thousand followers at the time. I went on a live stream with Kieran Drew. He did a thing for some of his digital product buyers, basically. It was like a whole class, you know, and at the end of it, there's a Q&A. And I asked him about it because since I started the whole online business thing, I wanted to do like coaching or consulting at some point. That was always the long-term goal. So I asked him, I can't exactly remember what it was, but I remember it was something to do with my age and whether or not I could do it with like the results that I have now. And he was like, most people don't know the things that you know at the moment. So there will always be people that will be willing to pay you. There was even some random guy on the call that was, yeah, I'd happily pay you like 2K to like yeah. teach me client acquisition stuff. Couldn't find him though. And yeah, so after that, I tried it out while still having some like done with for you clients just to maintain somewhat of an income at the time mm -hmm. for like two or three months. I remember I had like one client or I would take on like one client per month, or something like that. Mm -hmm. And part-time while doing that, I would be working on my coaching offer. And I got a group of a few of my friends, actually. A few of them ended up paying me. Some of them, I just put them in for free because why not? I didn't mind. Mm -hmm. And that was like my first coaching basically like group coaching group in a way and got them pretty good results as well. Mm -hmm. And so they were all the, together, like you were yeah. like on like a calls like this and they were all in there. So people could kind of feed off of each other yeah. and hear what you're saying to one. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Basically I, I just like pulled it out from scratch. Basically um, nice. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was even like creating the curriculum like a week ahead of each call we had essentially. Yeah. yeah so I was hey. really just doing it on the go. 
Good for you, man. That's they always say yeah. like to teach anything, you don't have to have it mastered. You just have to be, you know, mm. a couple paragraphs ahead. That's it. Yeah. Basically having like a MVP, a minimum viable product. I mean, 100%. Sh shipping with that, iterating Good, over time. But, Build your confidence yeah, too as you're doing it. You're like, hey, yeah, I'm like, I'm lot. still alive. It didn't kill me. Like it was actually pretty good. Mm, yeah. So, and yeah, how long definitely. ago was that you did this first one? November last year. Okay, so coming yeah, up on almost a year ago or so. Yeah. Gotcha. I okay. Don't know about. Oh, 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 December. I landed the the worst client I've ever worked with in my life. I'll maybe oh, go man. a bit more into depth on in depth like that later, but. Yeah, 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 basically that. Eventually, I stopped working with him halfway because he crossed the line. So I was like, I, I can't keep working with you. I funded him most of the money that he paid me. And that was like two weeks in December, I remember. My mental health was just down the drain. Like I barely did anything throughout that time because of like just the stress. Yeah, um, it weighs on you. And man. then... It's hard to come back. Yeah, from. it does. It does. Especially in the holiday and season then, when you're supposed to be all happy. Supposed yeah. To be the <laughs> And you're like, yeah. I'm depressed, bro. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. So you got yeah, uh, yeah, December to, or like, let me say January, rather. Yeah, about January to February. It was like fully doing coaching slash consulting at the time. And I also like built the digital product, basically. The curriculum I built with the first group coaching group of students, you know. Yeah. I just sold that as a separate course as well. So I have that in the coaching now. And. That was the best month for my business at the time. And surprisingly, I was working less than ever, but I was making like much more money than I was before that. Yeah. Just because when I was finally doing something that I actually like truly enjoyed and felt true fulfillment doing. Right. Um, but the other thing was, what was the other thing? I guess I just built more leverage at that point. And I was finally taking advantage of it in a way. My audience all of the connections and things that I made over the few months at the time, all of that stuff. So yeah, that was kind of what it was at the time. And now I'm so, still doing the same thing, the coaching, consulting. Got it. Got it. So are the coaching and consulting two different things or are you kind of just using both of those terms like to lump in like kind of like the group stuff that you were talking about before? I'm just curious about like, what you're offering and how you have that structured. I'm just pure curiosity here. Yeah. I've never truly understood what the difference was between coaching and consulting, but I think mm -hmm. at some point I heard a definition or just, yeah, I think I heard it somewhere that stuck with me personally. Mm -hmm. And it was like, a coach is someone that basically asks you questions in order to get to the answers yourself. And a consultant is somebody that just gives you the answers, asking questions and stuff. So yeah. with some people, I'll maybe just have a one hour call with him. And I'll tell them exactly what to do by looking at it with a profile, like what content to post, what funnel to create and all that stuff. And I'll tell them how to do it and like what to do exactly, but I just don't do it for them, right? And then with the coaching students, it's more so like just, I'll give them the curriculum, go through it. They can ask me questions about like something they don't understand. I'll keep them accountable, make sure they do it. I'll review some of the stuff, like them some constructive criticism on it. But yeah, it's a bit less hands off on my part so that's kind of how okay. the different thing is and of course for like the more beginner type online business owners which is the one offer that's more so coaching um because mm -hmm. they also pay me less so like naturally i doing less for them and then for the more like high ticket the more experienced business owners i guess you could say mm -hmm. they are the ones that i do consulting for gotcha gotcha okay 
Yeah, that's interesting because that's something that I've thought about myself. But right as I was like deciding that I didn't want to freelance because just that what we were talking about feeling like you have several bosses now and just not being able to work on Mm. my own thing. I also was like, I, and I don't know, I still don't have my mind made up on it yet, honestly, around whether I should do some sort of coaching or consulting based service, something within the marketing space, whether it's more specific to email, but likely more on organic content, helping people put repurposing systems together. And I don't know why that is. I think probably because I've almost taken too much information online from the people that I look up to. And it just makes me feel like I don't know as much as I truly do. And therefore, it is kind of right back into an imposter thing a little bit. But I also, I'm like, well, if I coach, then I'm not building my own thing because now my time is going towards helping other people build their thing, which is kind of what I was trying to get away from. I don't, I'm not saying that I fully believe that. I'm just saying that's a thought that has gotten stuck in my head before that I've had to try to like pull like the Velcro off of it, you know, because it's just like, it's just locked in. But the more that I have conversations with people, especially when I'm giving my own two cents on organic content systems and how to set up Uh, content structure that allows you to post way more often and be showing up to build your audience and build your brand and all those things, the more I'm enjoying it. And obviously it puts wind in your sails when you get like a thank you response back from somebody or like, I just, because I just launched something that I'm still toying with. It's kind of a weird offer that I'm still trying to like dial in and make it really just stupidly simple for people. But essentially I built out of Notion, I'm not sure if you use Notion or not, the software, but I built something I call the content creation toolbox. And so it's basically a content repurposing like powerhouse. And so it's everything from like logging your ideas and having your idea bank for all your content that you want to do in one spot, all the way through managing the stuff like different, like, because they're all in different stages of like, whether it's still an idea or you're working on it or editing it, or it's scheduled or it's published, or you're going to recycle it because it did well before. Like all of it is within there and it makes it really easy, especially if you do like pillar content and micro content, which is the strategy that I like really, I've been using for myself with a lot of success. And so that's what I've been trying to help people with is like, hey, instead of trying to like figure out what you're going to post on X tomorrow or next week or whatever, like instead of looking at micro content and trying to figure out like, okay, I need to fill all these slots, focus on something that's long form, something that's more robust and do that in some sort of recurring way. Like for me, I do an email newsletter, which ties into my website blog, which also is the loose script for my video podcast, which I just recorded the one that'll go out this coming Monday. I just recorded it earlier today. That's why my setup is all like how it typically is. But anyway, yeah, like I built this product for myself and it works really well. It still has like, it's an MVP for sure. But I was like, all right, well, let me just like throw a price tag on it. And so essentially what I have is there's a stripped down version of it. So it gives you the basics and it's completely free. So I just want to make it like a no brainer for people to try it out. And then for 36 bucks, you can just basically buy the whole toolbox one time and it's yours. And I still don't know my pricing on it either. I'm still trying to figure all that out too. But yeah. then the third tier, the like the premium offering is a content success call or that's like the title for it. And essentially... It's like a 90-minute 
call like this, you know, where I meet with them over like virtual video and we talk about what content they're currently putting out, what are their struggles, you know, just kind of help them out with all of that stuff and see how we can apply the principle of pillar content to micro content, that repurposing strategy into what mm. they're currently doing or how can we work what they're currently doing to make more sense with that so that they can hold themselves more accountable and be it's more routine for them to create content. So there's never that like, oh crap, what am I supposed to make? Like I need to post something, but I don't have any ideas. I don't have any thoughts. And so it, basically they would then buy the 90 minute session with me. And as a bonus, you get the content creation toolbox. So I give you the product along okay. with the call. So that's, I mean, that's kind of how it's set now, but I've also been thinking like, well, shoot, maybe I should just do done for you. Like maybe I should set up, set it up really simple where it's just like, few thousand dollars a month and it's like you can cancel whenever you want but if you're on that you just send in like your long form blog and then we chop it up into micro text we chop it into carousels we chop it into shorts mm. you know like i could even do like the podcast interview with people so that we could chop that up as well so you have the short form video across the platforms that you're on so that's just what i've been working through but the more that i help people in this area the more it fills me up with like okay no like i know a lot more than i think that i do I just, and the reason I want to highlight that is because I think like, you know, if with us recording all this, I think there's a lot of people when we chop this up that will resonate with that and have that feeling too. And so I think it does come with just like putting yourself out there and figuring that self, like figuring that stuff out. I wanted to also, I had this other note. I kind of wanted to jump into this too. If you're game, are you good on time? You doing good? So you had mentioned earlier too, when you were talking about like, just remembering why you started something and all of that, I it makes me think of, and we ch chatted on this a little bit the other day, oh, specific to like X spaces. But I notice a lot of people that t tend to jump on like different trends and different, like they grab low hanging fruit of like these things that are working or things that will like get you higher up in the feed or whatever it may be, as opposed to asking the question of, does this align with my goals, aspirations, and like what I'm actually trying to do. That's something that is really, that's one of the ugly sides of being so hyper-connected as like a social community, like worldwide, because everybody's got their opinion. Everybody's got their two cents. Everybody has their story of like what's worked and what hasn't. And in a lot of cases, especially in like business Twitter space, like yeah, we want to like build connections and like build our audience, but we also like want to find that next client. And so you, there's also this like agenda and I don't mean that in a bad way, but it's like, it'd be a lie to say that it doesn't exist. Like everybody kind of has their agenda. That's why they're out there and that's fine. But yeah. I don't know. I just kind of wanted to jam on like what you're seeing as like trends or short-sighted efforts that are on the rise right now online and like on the social media world that maybe people aren't like they're not thinking before they mm -hmm. act on certain things like for instance a perfect example is just like dms like when we'll talk x dms but i think this works across all platforms or even spams and youtube comments and things like that where it's like it is so obvious when somebody is reaching out because they genuinely want to give you props on something or like congratulate you on whatever it is or thank you for some sort of insight. It's so obvious whether it's something like that or they just want to connect and like they truly just want to like 
be like, hey, I just want you to know I exist and I'm a person out here that appreciates that you exist. And I just wanted to tell you that, you know, there's a difference between that and it's very clear. And those that are wanting to just straight up sell and they're playing the cold DM game. And man, I respect the hustle, but I have no respect for taking the opportunity to actually do good for somebody and instead twisting it to where you're just trying to collect a check. Like I can't like, and it surprises me too, because right now I have like, I don't even have 200 followers on X. So (laughs) talk about trying to find the motivation to keep posting every single day is sometimes that's hard to find because it's like, dude, like, and you're at like, what, like eight something, right? 8K? Yeah, yeah, 8.6. Yeah, so, and like, it's easy for me, like when I first saw your profiles, like even if I did like the best stuff in the world, like it, how long is it going to take me to catch up to you? You know, Mm. like, and I'm just like, well, but I have to remember why I'm there and the value that's there. And I don't need any more followers in order to like make new friends, you know, like I think that yeah. they, they can both happen and they will. But uh, yeah, anyway, kind of getting back to like the thought of like using the DMs, for example, like are there other things that you're seeing right now that seem pretty short sighted and not really thought through that people seem to be running towards? Like they're kind of chasing shiny objects and doing stuff that's it may work in the short term, but it really ultimately ends up it keeps them from really having long-term success. Are you seeing anything, anything jump out that's like falls into that camp? Yeah. The most recent one has been the whole thing of basically encouraging conversations, essentially people that start conversations. So I started to see a lot more tweets pop up of people basically just asking random questions for engagement bait. And another reason, which is like a, a separate one, in and of itself, but also kind of ties into this one. It's the whole thing with like with, um, X monetization now, right? So you get like ad revenue basically for the amount of impressions you get. Mm-hmm. And again, like same thing, the engagement bait type things, like the questions like, does God exist? You know, coming from like a business account, <laughs> those types of <laughs> get a lot of views. Yeah. But it's like, yeah, you're going to get engagement. Maybe you're going to get like $10 from ad revenue at the end of the month. But is that really worth cheapening your brand? You know, that, that's been like the most recent ones, but a few others I can think of has just been things like, you know, threads, you know, meta threads when that came out, a lot of people from Twitter, including myself, got FOMO and we hopped onto the, the app and then I, I deleted it after like the first two days. I was like, what was nice. I doing? I still get notifications, <laughs> yeah. but I haven't been on it since the first week it was up. I was like, uh, I don't need to be here. <laughs> and then yeah. other things would be like, you know, chat GPT, auto DM giveaways, stuff like that, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been a lot of things like that, kind of. And I've, besides maybe the chat GPT one, you could say I kind of did it before, but it was like my own twist on it. You know, I was like, I, I don't know what the thread was about anymore, but I remember the hook was something along those along the lines of like, "Are you sick of chat GPT threads? Me too." And then I said something after that, yeah. which was a bit different than what everybody else was doing. But I thought right. like, why not? Still try to take advantage of the trend mm-hmm. and. That's also been something where it's like, you know, going back to balance because it's like trends can be useful to hop on in order to do your end goal and you can get there faster. Yeah. But I think relying on it too much or just doing it without adding your own essence to it in a way, I guess you could say, that's when it becomes somewhat damaging. And I think a good way I've heard, 
not sure if you're familiar with Hamza on YouTube. Not as familiar as I should be. I feel I recognize the name. I feel mm. it. Okay. He's Mark a self improvement YouTuber. Okay. You know, Jeffrey and Adonis. Yeah. He used to have those intros. No. I, okay. Okay. I don't know how else to describe him really. No, you're, but I'm, you're, I'm sure you're you'll know him if you see him. It's probably <laughs> shown up on my feed. I'm surprised I, because that's all my YouTube is. It's like mm. entrepreneurship, self improvement. Like it's that and motocross, yeah. like dirt bike racing stuff. But <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you know him because he's okay. like, he's been popping off in the space. I'll maybe send you a link after this. Okay. But yeah, right on. I watched a video of his once and he explained how with his YouTube content, for example, what he's, what he did was he'll use like a title, a thumbnail that's quite like clickbaity and it's kind of like a trend and all that where it's like, Top 10 ways to get girls or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then in the video, he tells them to like meditate or something, <laughs> you know, something they don't really want to hear, mm. but you kind of need to get them to come to you for that clickbaity thing, for that mm -hmm. trend, you know, it's like the thing of um, telling them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear, but you kind of lure them in by making them think you're going to solve what they want to hear. Mm -hmm. And they hit them with the boring advice, you know, that people don't really want to take seriously because it's sexy, you know, it's like, Consistency, sure. discipline, stuff like that. Meditate, do the monotonous tasks for like 365 days and then eventually have success or something. Right. People don't want to hear that, but it, the actual stuff that's going to help the most. Yeah. So that's like been my approach towards it. And I don't do it that often, to be honest. Yeah. Just because of, again, I've always just had this in a way, I'm not wanting to like sell in a certain way. Mm -hmm. There's been a bunch of like threads that have been doing quite well, like the general format, you know, that I've seen on Twitter and I've maybe tried it out once or twice, but I just didn't like it. It just wasn't, you know, yeah. and although it would have gotten me good results and yes, could have got clients and everything. I just, I just don't like doing things if it's not on my own terms, like <laughs> even the online business thing and all that. Yeah. If I wasn't able to do it the way I wanted to, I would stop doing it. Though yeah, well, it is we have something that, that I love. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was like same thing in the beginning of my Twitter journey when I would hear everybody talk about like how, you know, you have to do outbound, start as a beginner and inbound is more of a long-term thing and all that. But then I was just like, but I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just figured out a way to get good at content marketing. And I remember like within the first four weeks of joining Danco's community, Modern Mastery, mm -hmm. like implementing some of the advice. And I also read com secrets by russell brunson so i was kind of familiar with that and everything yeah once i implemented it all i landed my first client in like four weeks and it was an inbound lead and then from there i just bought inbound leads until what was that it was from june up until september i think i think september was when i first started doing the outreach and again that's also just been like one client that i've gotten from that from like cold dms basically the rest have also just been inbound because i just wanted to do it that way and i didn't like yeah. doing outreach so i just on the way around it, basically. Yeah, that's kind of how I go about things. And yeah, that's the, the trends that you were talking about, kind of like the, the low-hanging fruit that people seem to be going after. Yeah, well, and I guess kind of almost need that in a sense because it does make it, it makes it that much more satisfying and appealing when you come across like the real ones, like people that are mm. genuinely trying to add value in their own way and genuinely trying to do good on behalf of the communities that they're involved in. And I suppose, yeah, I appreciate your thoughts on that. I was just curious your perspective on it. And those were some really good examples 
that you shared. And you do have to it's you do have to play the game of getting people's attention. Like it's mm. just, you know, because everybody's, you know, fighting for attention. I mean, it's the new oil. It's the new, like it's it's the thing that everybody's after. And it all starts and ends there. Like if you can't get somebody's attention. So you have to be able to disrupt their pattern in some sort of way. And obviously, if there's things that are currently working based on the platform itself or just new updates that play better into the manipulation, not in a bad way, but the manipulation of like hooking somebody and grabbing attention, like you got to be able to do that. But it's not as long as you're not doing it at the expense of yourself or the expense of others, because that's where we see it being done really poorly. And I, it's unfortunate because there's a lot of people that are new into the space that are deciding to leave their job or they're just now getting old enough where they're like, okay, I don't want to go into corporate. I don't want to go to college or whatever it is. I'm going to build a business. And so you just start taking in all this information and it's hard to know which way to go of like, well, okay, who's telling me the right thing? Because I'm hearing literally I can do this all of the different ways. And so, and when you're young too, like, you don't have enough experience yet of like trying and failing within this space and like learning more about yourself. Like you have to go through the steps of doing things and having some wins, having a lot more losses on a micro and probably a macro level as well before you start to learn more about you, yourself, your tendencies, your values, and be able to lean into that and figure out how to carve your own trail you know, that that is pulling in wisdom from other people, but doing it in your own unique way. And that's what, that's like a big reason for me feeling so compelled to, even if I am not like the most elite expert on what I'm talking about, which I'm so incredibly far from that, but that's what gives me a sense of drive and purpose in putting out content of helping people like figuring out the right way to do content or just the right way to approach business, the right way, like the right mindset behind how to go from day one to day two to day three through your journey. Again, this all applies to life as it does apply to business, but it's because like, why wouldn't I, from my platform, from my space, because I'm 32 and I have experience that other people just haven't had the chance to have, I would be doing myself, my future business and my future audience a disservice by not showing up by not being out there. And yes, it's mm-hmm. a crowded place. But is that enough reason to not even try, to not even show up? Because like outside of just getting clients or building a big customer base or whatever, like outside of like the self-serving stuff, I'm able to share things that people just wouldn't be able to have the chance to know for themselves yet unless they've been in my shoes and walked my walk. And that's not their fault. You know, but it's my fault for not sharing that if it is for if it helps them in their journey. And so that's the big, and then, you know, Hormozy always says, like, you just keep giving and giving and giving and giving, and it'll come back around on audience side of things, on finances side of things, all of that. But, you know, like, that's just kind of something that I encourage everybody to consider is like, and of course, like I said, I'm coming at this from like organic content, like, because that's just where my brain is fully always operating in. I just... <laughs> I have to, it's hard for me to remove myself from it. So it's always from that perspective. But that's why I think like everybody that is in business for themselves and beyond really, but specifically within like solopreneurs and stuff, it's like, no, you need to be posting stuff. And it's not just to build your business, it's to help the world. 
in, in your own way with your story and your perspective so that we can skew the odds in our favor for the bet, be, for the bet, all the young ones coming up so that there's more chances of them seeing good content. Like that represents good values that shows good, good angles on like there, here's a slimy tactic, but if you change it like this, it's not slimy and it's going to serve you in the short term and in the long term. Like we all kind of need to do our part to like step up and like share what we can, you know? And like, I need, like, there's a lot I need to learn. And so people that are experts in areas that I'm not, like, I need them to be showing up and giving me like the good stuff in a good way because they're solid people that also have expertise in a specific area. So it becomes more of like a, there's a dip, deeper meaning behind showing up online. And I don't know, I, it's an interesting perspective that I think it's, even for me, like on the day to day, I don't think about it that way as much as I should, as much as I think any of us really should, because we are doing a disservice by not showing up. One of the things that helped me understand what you're talking about the most in the beginning, especially, was something, again, I heard from Homza, and I also experienced the same thing he was talking about from watching his content. And he said that sometimes, you just need that one person, that one specific person to say something, that one thing, in one specific way in order for you to finally, like for it to yeah. finally click for you. The example with him was meditation. So up until, is my mic still fine? Yeah, you're good. Okay, okay, cool. So yeah, up until I watched one video of his about like meditation and all that stuff, I never fully understood it. Like, especially the whole thing of like mindfulness and being present. I always yeah. heard people talk about it in their videos, right. but I was like, what does that mean exactly? Like, what does it mean to be mindful or present yeah. and all that? And then in his video, he like explained the entire process of meditation and like how basically you try to be still in the, the moment. And then whenever your mind does start to wander, you just bring your attention back to the present moment, which is like some sensation in your body, whether that be like, your feet on the ground, your breath, you know, anything like that. And then every time you go through that process of being present, mind wandering, bringing your attention back to the presence, that's like one rep, one bicep call for the mind on the skill of mindfulness. And yeah. I was like, that's it. I finally I understand yeah. it now. <laughs> and he had to like <laughs> tell the entire story beforehand. And it's been like this with a bunch of other things of like, you know, who he is like he said the same thing where he used to watch videos on like people meditating and stuff like that and mindfulness he could never understand based on what they said and then he eventually finally found out and it's like yeah you just need sometimes like a specific person and the person alone could make all the difference to just say something a specific way based on their own experience for you to finally have it click for you and i was like i could be that person somebody out there and through experience now so far I have been that person for some people out there. And it's honestly one of the best feelings they are out there, like with the whole content thing where you just get a DM from somebody and they send you a piece of their content, your content or like something you've said in the past to help them with. And they're like, this genuinely had an impact on my life or it made me land my first client, something like that, you know? Yeah, there's like, there's no greater feeling, which, you know, kind of back to me, like not sure if I want to do coaching or not. It's like, well, that might be a really good mm. path for me. Yeah. You know, so who knows? But yeah, like there's, you can't, there's not, you don't feel, there's no other way to get that type of high 
than to genuinely just like be showing up, helping people in the way that you can. And then when you get the thank you, especially when you're like, it's one thing, like if you ask for a testimonial and you get a testimonial and it's like, okay, well, that's sick. Like I'm still stoked on it. It makes me feel good. And now I have this like asset, but it's another thing when it's just like a random DM or like a random text or whatever it is like, yo, you've like been impactful when you said this, or you did this thing or how you handled this, you know, that's so cool, man. Talk about motivation to keep going too. And you can build on that. That's, it's sick, dude. So let me ask you this question. Well, two questions. What are you struggling with right now? What are the first things that are popping into your head? What are you struggling with right now? And the other one, which maybe goes hand in hand with it, but how can I help? Mm. First thing that popped into my head, it would be, how do I put this? Basically following my own advice, you know, or like Uh just doing things I know I should be doing. And I, for the most part, like I also haven't thought about this enough. And like, that's literally an example of what I'm talking about. I know I need to think about it more, but I just yeah. don't do it. But that's what, that's always been a big thing for me. I was talking to my friend about this as well. It's like, yeah, I told him about the whole, I, I said the, the saying about like how, you know, sometimes a doctor is his own worst patient, basically. And that's mm-hmm. honestly how I felt about myself for like the last year and a half or so now, or like two years that I've been on self-improvement a bit more than that, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always been some reason and i don't know why and i feel like something i kind of do to take my mind off that in a way i is always content that's like my vice in a way because you know you have something else to occupy your mind with and it's Uh a lot easier than actually like sitting with this problem trying Mm -hmm. to figure out how to do it and then just implementing it every single day for like eight months of time until you fix it even when you really don't want to do it and when you're not seeing any results or you know Mm -hmm. it's going to be difficult and all that so Maybe if you've had experience with that, then yeah, it would be helpful to hear how you deal with it if it does. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any like massive life hacks or like I don't have the golden solution. I think it's just like you were saying, the practice when we're talking about mindfulness and, you know, like basically falling off the rails and getting back on is a rep. It's just kind of maybe looking at it from that perspective is like, don't. Maybe it's just a shift in your thinking and certain things work for certain people, but maybe it's just a shift in thinking like when you're off track and you know it, instead of counting that as a loss, count that as a future win that immediately turns into a W as soon as you Mm. get yourself back on the rails. So you getting off the rails is a positive opportunity for you to get back on the rails, which then makes you more confident in your ability to not fall off the rails and stay off the rails, if that makes sense. It's kind mm. of like you've now put in the reps of becoming distracted and off, like pushing off the hard work that you don't want to do. You've done that enough times and come back to it enough times that you realize like, hey, I'm still alive and kicking and I'm doing well and I'm still building. Now, if I want to maximize and build at a higher pace or get more done in a specific amount of time, let's avoid those distractions where I can. And then that's like, it's kind of like the difference between shooting like a foul shot and something from the three line. Like, you know, maybe the foul shot is like when you fall off the rails and get back on, like that's still a win because you showed back up. But then the three point line is like when you wanted to task switch and get away from the thing you were working on, like, and you were in the zone, but then you were starting to get pulled, but instead you didn't let yourself like that's sinking it from the three point line. 
kind of thing. And so you're just, mm. you're stacking points regardless of what happens rather than being like, okay, today sucked because I kept getting distracted. It's like, okay, yeah, but did you get back to it? And if that's the case, then pat yourself on the back because that puts you into the top whatever small percentage of everybody else that's trying to build something as well. Because a lot of those people, their lunch break goes from a 20 minute slot into an hour and a half of this and that and the other. And then they're going to like, and then they're like, oh, I'm going to go lift now too. Before you realize it, you used half your day. Or like people that, <laughs> a good example is like morning routines. That's a thing. You know, people are like, I, I need to meditate. I need to take a walk. I need to do it barefoot. I need to like go to the dog park and pet 10 dogs and then, <laughs> you know, whatever else it is. Yeah. And then, you know, I need to stare straight into the sun for 30 minutes and then I need to take my vitamin regimen, which is a half hour's worth of pills, <laughs> like whatever it is. Like, mm. and then my ice bath, it whatever. And it's like, do you need to do all that? Like maybe yeah. there's elements of it, but it's like, just because other people are doing it doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. It's like, Make sure that you're not using these positive things as distractions from the thing that you know needs to get done. Because I think for all of us, like we know, relatively, we know what we need to be doing. Now, when we get into it, we might not know specifically the best way to do the thing we're trying to do. Like for instance, like I know that I need to improve my offer with my content creation mm -hmm. toolbox and then the, the little coaching thing with it. Like I know I need to improve that. But when I sit down and I have it as like a line item, like the next 90 minutes, no distractions, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to sit there and go, crap, how do I improve my offer? Like, I don't know. I know that I need to do it, but I don't know what it's like. It's more in the micro details. And it's yeah. usually in there where you just start to get caught in your own head. And then you're like, well, shoot, I could be doing it. Like, I could just be like firing off. Like, I could be engaging on X right now. Like, I could be mm. doing something. Like, I could shoot. I have a bunch of DMs I got to reply to. Or like, I'll just go do that client work that I have for later. But like you said, I mean, a lot of times you have to sit there and wrestle with the problem. You have to allow yourself to be locked in the cage with the problem and not, and like, that's hard. That's hard because especially too, when yeah. it's like, like if you're looking at like, okay, I could do some client work and I could shoot some DMs. I could like, you know, make some more posts or more content like you were talking about. Like that's low hanging fruit. I know that's good for me in some sort of way. It's not like I'm doing damaging stuff. It's not like I gave up on work for the day, like I'm doing stuff. But if it's not the thing that moves the needle in your business or that next, very next rung on the ladder, then what's more important? Because like, here, for instance, sorry, my, my brain's firing. I like, if I don't tangibly do a lot of things in a day, like if I don't have a lot of like actual proof of all of the stuff I did that day, it's easy for me to feel like I didn't do anything. But if that day was dedicated to improving my offer and I came up, you know, and I am 5% further down the road than I was, even if that took me all day, but nobody sees it yet, you know, cause it's, you know, whatever, is that considered a productive day or not? You know, and even though it's not tangible necessarily, is it productive? It's like, okay, yeah. you know, anything strong, like, like to build anything, you know, it's kind of that brick by brick mentality of like just one percent, two percent better each day, just like small, consistent action stack up. Sometimes you need to stop laying. Well, I guess the visualization would be like, say working on your offer is like the bricks that need to get laid and say that making more content because you have such a 
great amount of it hypothetically is just basically like laying the mortar in between the bricks. It's kind of more like mortar for you. Why would you lay more mortar if you haven't stacked another brick to lay the mortar upon? Yeah. You know, because you don't build a house out of mortar and you don't build a house out of only bricks. You build a house out of the joint, the joinery of both. And so what in your business is the mortar, which I guess would be kind of like the stuff that is productive, but it's more of a distraction from the bigger thing. Like go pick up the cinder block, go pick up the brick. And like, what is that? So I don't know if that helps at all. I mean, that's just me kind of just like Mm. brainstorming, just kind of spitballing with you. But it's, that's a real thing. And maybe that's what you make content around. Like, I don't know if that serves your target audience. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So Mm. what, you said you make a lot of content. I'm curious, like, what channels are you involved in? Like, what's your, I'm curious, like your strategy and your system and your like, core topics that you talk on and like, who's that target audience? I'm just curious about kind of all of that because maybe this would fit in really well and show a side of you that maybe they don't get to see as much that probably would probably even bring in new fans that would be more interested in this kind of stuff than the other. But, you know, it's like, hey, maybe they'll like all of it, but this is how they would find you first. I don't know. But yeah, sorry. I asked the questions and then I started talking. (laughs) Yeah. Typical me. First of all, I did really appreciate it. That advice is quite useful. It, initially, when you started talking about it, basically what you said made me think of this, uh, I wouldn't say it's like a quote, but like a saying, I guess. And it's the first step is awareness, you know, being aware that you have a problem in the first place. And then from there, it's like, okay, you, you're doing better and then you're going to fall off. And it made me realize that like things like this, right, like the whole not doing what you know you're supposed to do and all that, I, I start to think of it now, like literally I was sitting here as something that is going to happen and I should just be okay with it happening. Just be able to catch myself doing or not doing it in this case more often and like kind of strengthen that in a way. And I know that every time I do catch myself not doing it, I got better at catching myself not doing it, you know, mm-hmm. so it can happen faster next time. So that was like kind of the <laughs> mental light bulb you gave me. From all of that. So nice. yeah, I do appreciate it. Also, awesome. you are quite good analogies. I can tell you, you do them quite a lot. Yeah, to yeah. the point where it gets annoying sometimes, but I guess that's just how my brain fires. Yeah, I like it. My <laughs> brain works the same way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. People like us, we cool. got to stick so, together. So, yeah. So you mentioned basically my content workflow in a way. I think that was a question. Like, yeah, just everything content like related. Like, yeah, what channels are you on? Like, do you... Yeah. Do you have like a specific workflow that you stick to? Is it sporadic and random or do you have like a deep system? Do you have a goal in mind with all of it? Like what topics do you typically lean towards? Have, are those like proven? Like, do you know why you talk on that? As have you seen success from that, which ta- taps into like audience, just kind of all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> so kind of all over the place. So this okay. might be the, uh, it might not be the most structured, but this is kind of how I go about it when I am intentional with it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah. So I kind of borrowed, and this is the thing, right? Well, I tend to like just take different things from different people and see how I can kind of combine both of them to make my own thing in a way. So sometimes initially it is quite difficult to find out like, how does this one thing fit in with this other thing? Because I like both of them. It seems to be quite difficult to like do them together. And an example of this is uh, Dan Coe's two-hour writer. Right. And that's like basically his yeah. content flow, workflow and all that. 
and it's essentially write a long form newsletter, like a quite a long newsletter, and then chop that into a bunch of threads, like condense it into like one or two threads maybe, and then condense that even more like idea into like multiple tweets, basically. And that's yeah. essentially how he does it. And then he backs it up on his website, his blog, basically. You can do it on Beehive if you want to. But that's the way he went about it. And I tried it out. I did like it. I enjoyed the process of writing it quite a lot. And like with his content system and all that stuff, it helps a lot coming up with novel ideas and like things that are quite unique to your own experiences and things like that. But I like that aspect of it. And I do want to keep that. But something Kieran Drew said, for example, where I think he makes a really good point on it, is one, you're not Dan Cole. So it's going to be quite a while until you are able to... Okay, let me start over with that. Basically, it's better to validate an idea first before writing like a 1,000 word document on it, you know, an email or whatever, yeah. because you don't know if it's going to do well. Right? You don't know if it's going to resonate with your audience. So instead, what he does and what I also do is I try to validate the idea with a tweet because that's like fast to get feedback on Twitter. That's the really nice part about it. The tweet, the idea, the hook or whatever that be, if I see that does well, I'll use that tweet, like the main idea, the one idea behind that. And then I'll try to turn that into more long form content, whether that be a long form tweet or like a thread. I don't really do threads that much anymore, but yeah, it mm -hmm. used to be that. And then like emails, daily emails. I've been trying to do more high frequency emails. But yeah, so I have that as aspect of things. And then I have like the Danco aspect of things. And I like certain parts of both. So now I'm right. just trying to figure out how exactly do I tie it all together. So it's like, now what I started doing was, I look back at my best forming content, I'll look at the idea behind that, and then write as much as possible on it. Because I know it does well already. I know people are interested in it. So I just try and like basically do a brain dump in a way. Then I try to structure it maybe. And then I'll just like part of that essentially into many pieces of content, or emails or whatever. So on top of those two that I mentioned, there was also something that JK meant. Okay, so just quick recap. So I want to do the whole long form thing of having like a big idea and like writing all of that, getting a clear understanding of it, you know, creating that depth before putting it out there. But I also want to have the whole validating the idea, able to put out more high frequency content and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so found that one other thing that kind of helps bridge the gap between these two is the idea J.K. Molina gave me on like how, I, I don't know what he said exactly, but it was something along the lines of like, good marketers or good creators go out there and do things essentially to create content. But great marketers or content creators essentially go gather content based on what they've already done. So, or it was like, yeah, the one markets what to the product and then the other one marked from the product something like that hmm. but essentially what he means by that is that like if you have a product like a course for example which is what i do now i started doing is instead of going out there and doing like this new thing to create content just go ahead and like take a snippet from your course and create something from that you know and hmm. use that, that validated ideas and stuff like that to kind of tie in yeah that basically because you already have that created so you can just do that it's the same thing with like something as simple as a conversation you have with somebody, like a WhatsApp conversation, like send a voice note to someone. Or actually, 
even better example is calls for me, like consult calls or even just yeah, normal calls with people, like kind of. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'd be on there and <laughs> on the call halfway, I'd be like, am I really saying this right now? Like, I, I can't believe I, this <laughs> is coming out of my mouth. Like, this is really good. <laughs> and it was like, why not create that, turn that into content? You, know, you already went out and did it. So just, right. you know, post about it. Yeah. And that's kind of the way I've tried to bridge all three. So as soon as I have a validated idea, I'll turn it into a more long form thing. And then I'll try and expand that, not expand it, but turn that into multiple pieces of content mm-hmm. that can spread throughout the week. And then, you know, the whole, oh yeah. So the last part I mentioned, that basically helps with, how do I put this? The delay, I guess, between the validating the ideas and creating the long form content. Because there's usually like, maybe one, two days in between that. So if you can have something that you already did that you can just quickly repurpose in between that time that you're creating the long form stuff and then posting it, right. then that's like a nice way to do something in the meantime, you know? Absolutely. Um, so yeah, like I said, okay. somewhat complicated, but it's coming together nicely. Absolutely. Soon enough. Let me ask you this question. This would actually be valuable for me as well. To the topic validation, conversation you were saying like you know just tweet something out see what's doing well and then kind of expand upon whatever seems to be working do you have advice or suggestions or direction for those that don't have enough of an audience base yet to filter out quality ideas from ones that just don't seem to matter how do you get around that or is it more of just you don't have what you don't have. And so what you do is you just give your best in the areas where you can. So wherever you're knowledgeable or where you're curious and passionate, go ahead and start expanding long form, put it out there, build your audience, continue to just pour yourself out. And as you build your audience, now you have a place where you can validate before expanding or creating. It's pre-selling products before ever creating yeah. the thing. Do you have any advice to the people that don't have? I do like what you just mentioned i do think that's a good idea but what has worked the best for me especially in the beginning stages is one just putting out as much content as possible and as i guess you could say as short of a time period as possible if you can it was like for me for example there was a time i was doing daily threads for like 18 days in a row i tried to do 30 but i just couldn't at some point like I just realized it wasn't a priority at that point. Yeah. Like I, I had to do client good. work instead. Yeah. <laughs> so the nice part about that was that in that month, I remember I got like most, yeah, I could say like for that year, most of my viral pieces of content came in that month because I just had such a huge sample size of data basically that I could look at afterwards and just be like, okay, that performed well, that didn't, that, you know. But even so, when you don't really have an audience, it works, but you don't really, there's not enough of a difference, I guess you could say, to know whether or not it would work, especially on a platform like X sometimes. I'm not so sure what it's like to be a beginner at this point with the new updates to the algorithm and everything. It was a bit different back then. You could just get like some retweets and then, you know, things going to take off to the most. But yeah, <laughs> it's kind of changed since then. But what I would say is still try to do that. Try to put out as much content as possible while, without sacrificing the quality as much as possible because it would be somewhat of a sacrifice at the end of the day. And then on top of that, since you don't really have that much of a sample size of data, go look at people that are already doing what you want to do and just copy what they're doing essentially. So if there's like a certain 
title, you know, that you can see on YouTube that works for somebody else. Just try and use that title and just add your own personal experiences and stories to the actual content of the video. Right. And that's, yeah, that's essentially it. That's how my content started taking off in the beginning. Of course, on exit, like the hooks of the content and all that, you know, on YouTube might be the thumbnails and the titles. You would basically just experiment with that as much as possible. Do what's already working is like, yeah, that's essentially the main thing. And try to do as much of it as possible. So yeah, yeah. that's basically it. Well, and then if you do that, I mean, the audience will grow over time. And then now you have mm-hmm. another tool in your tool belt as far as with the the idea validation and all that. No, that's good. Yeah. I mean, that, as far as your system of doing that is very similar to mine, which I was kind of mentioning earlier as well. And it's not anything necessarily revolutionary, there, but there's a lot of people that aren't tapping into it where you write a long form mm-hmm. and then you strip it out into your micro pieces, something shorter. The thing that I've been trying to do is... And maybe this is the area where I can dig in and provide more value, more spe- more specifically on the X platform, because it's a lot of people that are text only with their content. And whether it's they don't like to get in front of a camera or it just feels awkward or, you know, whatever it may be, like, I think there's massive opportunity for people right now to be getting into taking their written content and turning it into video, ideally video mm-hmm. or at least audio content. And there's a lot of things like you were saying with consulting calls and things of that nature, if you're able to document those, and it kind of goes really to the word of documenting, like that's kind of the thing. Because if you're spending your days, like building your expertise, sharpening your ax in the area that you're like compelled to keep providing value in, if that's what you're doing with your days, then document that journey, share what you just learned. Mm. Kind of like you were saying, like you were building the next section of the group coaching, like right before you administered it, before you gave it out. And, yeah. you know, so it's just like, you just chip away that way as you're building. And if you can, if you can make that paradigm shift for yourself or anybody of just documenting everything, it doesn't have to all be like authoritative, like expert advice. It can be the process of you doing something. It could be the struggles that you're dealing with and what you're going to try to like, how you're going to try to get over it by using this advice or whatever it is. You start doing that and now you're just creating this routine. It becomes, you start to really be able to take the friction out of creating content because then you're less scared to hit record or to type into your computer and hit post or publish. And like new ideas flow from that. The more you create, the more you will inevitably end up creating later as well. Yeah, because that's another thing I think a lot of people struggle with is like, I've only got a couple good ideas and they're bangers for sure. But like, if I just go and do this, like, and put it out so fast, like, what am I going to post after that? It's like, trust me, bro. Mm. Don't worry about, (laughs) don't worry about next week until Sunday night. Like when it comes to this, you know, like it'll happen. That was the thing for me. Like it's been this coming Monday will be entry number 59 for me of weekly long forms. So I've been doing it for over a year. I've been doing it for August 1st was the one year mark. And I, it's called Eminem Mondays, marketing and mindset Mondays. I'll probably rebrand it here at some point, but nonetheless, I was like, okay, I need to make this commitment. I'm going to write something every single week. I'm going to send it out as a newsletter. Might as well put it up on the site as a blog. And then what I'm going to do is I started by just like an audio podcast. So I would just talk about whatever. But then I was like, this is so easy. Like, let me just turn on the camera and do this. And then 
now that it's a video podcast, not only can I upload it and get it out to Spotify and the other streaming platforms, but I can immediately take that video, come up with a thumbnail, and then it's a YouTube video. So every week, now I'm weekly uploading in YouTube, which helps with the algorithm there. And now I have a weekly long form that I can pull all sorts of tweets, long posts, short posts, all sorts of stuff within that. And then, you know, you can create your carousels out of that. And then that can go out on LinkedIn or on IG, you know, however. So there's a lot of opportunity for people to be doing that. And again, I think it's in everybody's best interest for all of us to be posting content, you know, to help guide the people that are learning. And that's how everybody wins at the end of the day, I think. But yeah, good deal. Well, I'm looking at the time. I'm going to have to start to wrap this up here. Mm. We've been going strong, man. Yeah. So I should have asked at the very beginning, how do you pronounce your name? I didn't want to, I don't want to say it wrong. Yeah. Suleiman. And where are you from? Yeah. I am from South Africa. Wow. Is that where you live now or have you Mm. moved since or? Yeah. Yeah. No, not yet. At least. Not yet. Do you have your sights on going anywhere? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe not permanently moving, but I do want to spend like a large portion of the next few years, maybe in Latin America. It's always interested me. Heck yeah, man. Yeah. Like the country, the culture, all that. Well, hey man, anytime you find yourself over in the US, let me know. Let me know. I'm in Florida. Yeah. I'm in Florida. So I'm- Okay. Would have never guessed. I would have said Texas. Texas? (laughs) You look like a Texas guy (laughs) for some reason. (laughs) I'm down for it. I'm down for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I actually grew up, I grew up in Ohio, so I'm in the Midwest of the U.S., so nothing really to brag about as far as the location, and then I moved here into Florida, just south of Tampa, Florida, like I'm like five, ten minutes away from the beach, one of the top-rated beaches in the U.S., actually, which is pretty cool, so it's just always really crowded, but I moved down here in 2012, 2011, somewhere in there, one of those two, so yeah, and you know, found my wife, and started having kids and the whole good thing, man. So yeah, life's good. I actually have quite a few questions to ask you about podcasting. It's, yeah, I guess it's more so like technical stuff, I guess you could say. Okay. The, yeah, like maybe like things to do with like software or like, you know, how do you come up with questions? How do you do the research for like guests and mm-hmm. stuff like that? How do you DM guests to come on the podcast? You know, like that. Yeah, for sure. It's like the... I- yeah, there's different ways to yeah. go about it. Like what I will say, like this Squadcast software that I'm that we're using right now, it's really nice because while we're recording and doing all this and talking, it's uploading in real time to the cloud. And so then I can oh. pull the high quality stuff. So it's really user friendly as far as that goes. And you can obviously schedule things and shoot out the link and you can have multiple people in the session. I use a video editing software called Descript, D-E, script. I saw the name somewhere, yeah. Yeah, and they, before, I know. they actually just bought or acquired Squadcast. So now those two are kind of mm. interlinked pretty well. Oh, nice. But the other software is called Riverside. They are remote recording software, and I've used both. They both have their pros and cons. It's just kind of like whatever flavor you like the most. is. They both do the same thing, essentially. Yeah. But as far as, and then like on the technical side, I mean, it's like I have a halfway decent camera it's i've got it like dialed in pretty good i have some guys that are like in video production so they helped make make it nice and i have like a big light right here and like a mm. i've got yeah, more no, equipment than like what i really need nice. it's way yeah. more than what i need but it, it works really well as far as now for like are you thinking about starting a podcast is that what this is around yeah yeah okay, okay. what i would suggest too because you'll need a podcast hosting platform 
like somewhere that where you upload it and then they distribute it out to all of the different streaming platforms. So you won't like actually go to Spotify and upload it and then go to Apple and upload it and then go to Google and upload. Uh, you have uh, like just like a podcast hosting platform and it creates an RSS feed that then gets linked out to all these other places. So you which makes it really user friendly for the podcaster. Okay, sub question they kind of this yeah. is kind of like the whole consulting and coaching thing. What is the difference between podcasting like having a podcast and or like doing a podcast and doing an interview? That's a great question. I think it depends on who you ask. I heard it said really well actually by Joe Rogan because he was asked about that. He was like cuz somebody one of his guests was like, "Yeah, like how do you prepare for these interviews?" and he was like, "They're not interviews, man. Like it's just a conversation. Like I just He's just gotten real, like Joe, for instance, has gotten really good at just keeping a conversation alive. He knows when to drill yeah. down on something. He knows when to exit one topic and move into the next. And usually it's not super calculated. It's pretty free flow. So it really depends. Like there are podcasts out there that are more interview style, but then there are podcasts that are more, they're more conversational. And so I think the two different ways you can really go about it, like if we're talking interview, when I think of interview, I think of like, for instance, like if I was on your podcast and you were interviewing me, you'd be asking me questions about what I do, about my journey, my story, and I'd be telling you those things. <clears throat> so it would basically be me sharing about myself to you and to the greater audience, right? And then hopefully there would be some value that people would get out of there. Because unless you're some celebrity that everybody already really cares about and they're just like glued to whatever they say because they're fans of them, usually interviews don't really work that well because there's enough things to take our attention and you're not going to be able to hold somebody's attention long form if it's just somebody talking about themselves and they're not like a high notable figure. So then it kind of goes into like, okay, well, maybe we talk about, let me, for again, for example, you bring me on as a guest, hypothetically, maybe instead of making it all about interviewing Evan, it's more of you asking questions that are within a topic that I know a lot about. Therefore, now we're mm. speaking less about me and more about a topic that a lot of people can relate to, whether yeah. they've been in the game for a long time or they're brand new, like everybody will have either an opinion about it or they'll have ears open to like learning about that topic. So you have that, or you just okay. have like really just straight up, just like no objective. We're just hitting record. We're having a conversation and hopefully some insight will be pulled from it. And that's also, I feel like that type of content can be some of the best, but there's a barrier that you have to mm. break through because people aren't going to listen to a, a random podcast done by somebody they don't know talking about things that are random and they don't, there's no structure to it. Unless it's like, you know, you put in your reps and you start to build that core yeah. audience. So it really just depends. Okay. But that's my two cents on interviewing. So mm. I think the thing that's working the best right now is just speaking on topics specifically, unless you can get a notable figure on like a bigger yeah. name. Like if you got Kieran, or somebody of that caliber, you know, to do a podcast, then obviously, especially if you like try to position it on the front end in a way of like, hey, let's do this. And I want to make sure that you have all the assets available so that you can post about it as well. 
hype it up. Maybe we do it live. Maybe we do kind mm. of like a, just a, how a space would be, but adding in a video component. Then we could do Q and A's at the end. Yep. You know, there's a bunch of different ways you could structure it. But yeah, unless it's somebody that is a notable figure, usually asking questions about themselves isn't going to help when it comes to new audience engagement and listening retention. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I see. Unless yep. you can prove to them in the first 30 seconds as to why they should care about what this person says. You know what I mean? Okay. But take it with a grain of salt. If, yeah. You ever watched anything from Chris Williamson, Modern Wisdom podcast? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah that's kind dialed. of like the style I'd be going for. Yeah. I really like that. He's like him and Danny Miranda. Also, not sure if you're familiar with him. He's yeah. like more yeah, so. Yeah. So, those two are like the only podcasts that I really listen to on a consistent yeah, basis. So, yeah, I really like go. their style, the ability to ask questions. Like, they just ask questions. It's Do like, you? You know, you can, yeah. The, have you ever seen Diary of a CEO? I'm trying to remember the guy's name. Yeah. I'm blanking on his name. I just watched something yeah, about him just also a second ago. My like, tongue. Um, Impact Theory is another good one. Dan, yeah. Dan, whatever his last I also name. used to watch it for you by Lewis Hole. Yep, yeah. Lewis House. Yeah. yeah. He was also pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's plenty of space. I've even, because my podcast, because it's just me repurposing my long form content, it's just me talking into the camera. You know, so mm. it's, I haven't had a guest on that. Now, I did a, a podcast a few, a couple years ago that I haven't kept up with called Which Way Now? And those were all, or primarily like conversational and it was like over video like this. But that's something I've actually thought about bringing into freshen up like what I'm doing with my content is maybe instead of always doing these long form written posts, maybe the whole pillar content for that week is around a conversation like this. And then obviously mm-hmm. the video is there. I can pull the transcript and, and like start to format it so it's easier for an email I'm an easier for a blog post. So it's like makes sense for those formats. And then obviously it can split into micro content as well. So I can start to do a little bit of both. And it allows me to honestly take breaks sometimes from trying to write something full length and just let the conversation flow and then piece it together after the fact. So that's something I've thought about doing. I just, again, back to what we were first talking about where there's just so many things to do each day. I'm like, I already have a system that, that works. And like, I feel like I would need to get quite a few weeks ahead in order to have the time to do what I need to do, which in order to get ahead, I don't know, I'm probably just going to have to start hiring some more help. I've had a, a virtual assistant for a little while, but she's going back to school. So I'm not going to have her starting yeah. and like, sure. I'm just like, oh, yeah. okay. I'm going to have to eliminate things from my plate, like do less things, mm-hmm. focus like Pareto principle, like focus on the 20% that actually does something. But well, and I have a bunch of questions for you too, like regarding like, just like doing the one-on-one engagements and the sales calls and like, how do you like the appointment setting? Like, what is your best tactics to that? Like, what are the, the things to do more of? And what are the things to stay away from? How's the best way to approach, you know, cause that's something that could help a lot of people. And I would definitely be included in in that category as well. Yeah. So I think there's room for us to keep conversations flowing and do more of this too. So yeah, yeah. yeah, man. If you enjoyed this episode, there's plenty more content on this channel ready for you right now. If you're catching this on YouTube, consider dropping a like and be sure to hit the subscribe button before you leave. 
because that simple action exponentially helps this channel grow. I value your time and attention. So thank you for sticking around. You're the best. And until next time, peace.